welcome to today's podcast, Wednesday, January 12th. Last time, uh, this phenomenal woman was able to visit the podcast. She was actually here. Some things have changed since then, but it's our uh, monthly catch-up with the food editor, the food empress of The Blade. Um, nothing ever controversial about uh, about the stuff. Mary Bill you writes, Mary and I have a lot to talk about. I have questions about the Great British Bake Off. Uh, that is my thing is Batman and superheroes and Transformers. Her thing is the Great British Bake Off. So no spoilers. She promised no spoilers, but I did want her to tell me what she likes about the show, what happens in the show, and everything else about it except the spoilers. And uh, she had a Actually, today was another cheap eat. Ice cream in what's basically we're us entering into the dead of winter. Mary will get you in on ice cream in the middle of January and in a, in, in a spot we already like so much about. And lots of other things going on as well. Her monthly visit, so happy to have her. Mary Bill, you from The Blade. I have a list of, of stuff. You usually give me a list, but I have a list for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I saw Getting some... Getting blindsided. I saw some people um, discussing or talking about it was another phenomenal Great British Bake Off season. It was a great season. Can you speak to that for a couple of moments, please? Because I'm sure there are people who enjoy the podcast who love that show. And I don't know anything mm-hmm. about it, but I, I, I think your commentary would, would be helpful and enjoyable. I'm completely obsessed with that show. <laughs> Anybody who has, who has paid even the tiniest bit of attention to me knows I am completely obsessed. I watch the original. I watch the holiday shows. I watch the, the stand-up to cancer fundraising shows. I watch the Canadian, Australian, Kiwi shows. We've even tried some in other languages just so that I can get my fix. So um, completely obsessed. I would rather not do any talk about anything, though, that would give spoilers because I know that even though the season has ended, um, and people have probably seen the results on social media. There are times sometimes when you, life just gets in the way and you, you, you can't watch it or you haven't watched the final one or you're waiting to binge the whole season all at once. Um, but I will say that, that the winner is much deserved. What, uh, what is... What is the Great British Bake Off? I have no idea. How have you missed it? It's been on. This was its eleventh season. I miss a lot. Like if it's po- if it's popular, unless it's like a superhero thing, it's highly unlikely I know anything about it or even like it at all. Okay, I'm usually kind of there with you, but but this has been such a phenomenon, and we're good friends, and I'm obsessed. So. I'm surprised that I haven't bored you with it before. Well, no, that, would know more. <laughs> no, not at all. But I mean, obviously it fits into your wheelhouse. You are the food empress of the blade. I am the food empress. And so much more. Um, but I would say if you want to spoil it, spoil it. But if you don't, I get that. So what is the basic premise of the show? The basic premise is that you take a dozen bakers and you put them in what's you know, lovingly called the tent. And it literally is, it's a, it's a tent, a white tent, tent that's pitched on an estate somewhere in England. They've had a couple different sites and they set up, uh, kitchen stations with ovens and stovetops and all of that. And there are three rounds. 
So the first round is the signature bake where they tell you you need to bake, say, drop cookies or bar cookies or a cake that you would serve with tea. Um, it's a general category, and they'll, they'll set some parameters, like it has to have this kind of crust or it has to be fruit-flavored. But for the most part, it's your signature bake, and so you get to make what you're most famous for or what your favorite flavors are. It's, it's more individually tailored. Then the judges will go around at the end of that round and, and they get to sample it. And there's two judges and they will, you know, compare notes and see, you know, did you, did you meet the brief by, by baking what you were supposed to? Does it look a disaster, but it tastes really good? Uh, or the opposite, it, it tastes bad, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, is it amazing? Um, all of these different things, they'll critique it. Then there's a second round called the technical challenge, and that's a complete surprise. And that's really a test of skill. So they give you a, a bare bones recipe. And as they get further and further along, and, and just like on Chopped, each week somebody, you know, is, is sent home. So you're getting further and further along, and you're getting the better and better bakers. They give you fewer and fewer instructions. Um, but they'll, they'll, so let's say the, the technical challenge, uh, well, for the first episode of this season was a malt loaf. Um, it's a, it's just a basic loaf cake. Um, it's made with treacle there. I, I made one and I made it with molasses. It's got dried fruit. It's just a lovely little thing you would slice and serve at four o'clock with your cup of tea. Um, but they're, they want to gauge how much you know about how to cream the ingredients, um, whether whether you're going to think that it's too much batter and scoop some out so that it's not going to fill the pan properly, all these different things. Do you know that you need that the fruits need to be coated in flour so that they don't all sink to the bottom? It's a test of skill, and okay. judge those blind right, so they on. don't know who is they twitch one and then they rank them. Well, you're getting. And, wait, hold on, hold on. You're getting like. Yeah. I know this is your thing, and I, 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 I told you I, I, I would completely bore you. You're, you be, be careful what you wish for when you ask me about bake off. It was just over <laughs> my head. Like I was looking for basics. Like, what channel is this on? Um, it's on Netflix now. It used to be on PBS. Okay, is this the Gordon Ramsay show? Is this oh show? heavens, no! God, I would die before I would watch him. <laughs> He's but just so now, vile. That, now we're getting to stuff. So you actually thought that <laughs> me, that meme I sent you last week was real, right? It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the other question I wanted to... Oh, why has, has America, as we're so good at, have we stolen this and made our own domestic version? We have. It has not been on for a couple of years. And of course, as, as only we can do, we've completely ruined it. Uh, you can go back probably on YouTube and watch episodes of the Great American Bake Off, Great American Holiday Bake Off. I forget what they called it. But it's it's edited to be much faster. Um, the people are much more competitive. Like the, the charm of the British ones and the Canadian and Australian ones have the same have the same demeanor. It's it's they're all about just wanting to put forth the best cake. They help each other. There's great camaraderie. It's it's just joyful, happy people who like to bake and who make beautiful things. The Americans, and I know that they goad them for interviews to say something like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna take this whole, you know, this whole thing." But like the Brits, 
They don't say anything like that, even if they're being goaded. And the Americans are all like, it's my time for shine and, and to show everybody how good I am. And it's, it's just obnoxious. It's, it was just so obnoxious. And her um, her low-cut shirt is, uh, the, the camera kind of pans to her large breasts as she's leaning over <laughs> the oven. And what did you say? It's a, At it's, least they're, usually, they're wearing aprons, so they don't have as much of, of that. In fact, one season, a monk won. So, so that was kind of cool. I was rooting for him. Um, but, but they, a couple of years ago, was it 2017, 2018? I would have to look it up because I did a story just a few months ago. Um, they had controversy for when one of their judges was, um, accused of sexual, um, uh, sexual improprieties with staff. So they decided not to show the season that that he you know that last season that they had taped they showed the first episode and then they canceled the season which was grossly unfair to the woman who won it because there's no prize money in any of the bake-offs the coveted prize is you get a glass um cake plate that says you know great british bake-off i mean that's it what you what you get is you get um an opportunity to show your skills a lot of times they the winners go on to get tv shows they go on to get book deals and this this woman get, didn't get to show off what she had done. So fortunately, she has just published this year a cookbook uh, that we featured. Her name is Valerie Lomas, L-O-M-A-S. Absolutely go look up her cookbook. She's got lots of words of wisdom about how to overcome um, just situations that you think are going to be absolutely catastrophic. And, you know, she's she's rising to the top and she's immensely talented, too. So she's great. But that's that's the saga of the American. Don't even bother with the American version of the show. Okay, um, I was exci- I I didn't understand much of any of that, but I I appreciated <laughs> your passion and fervor for this show. And and to prove to everybody else, like if your voice and enthusiasm alone didn't do it, this is your show where you shut down social media so you don't get anything spoiled, right? Yeah, um, I follow every judge every past judge, every baker that has a social media account. I, I followed the show. I follow the channels that have aired the shows. Um, and, and because they show it on Tuesdays across the pond, but they don't show it till Friday on Netflix, unless you can find it um, on YouTube or something before that, I have this three-day window where I do not, because like they'll immediately start, start saying, congratulations, so-and-so who was star baker. I don't want to know. I want to watch the 45 minutes of, of tense competition and beautiful cakes and all of this and see who won. Um, so yeah, you though, that's how you and I met is cause Sarah Elms, who is unfortunately no longer with the blade, but thankfully still in Toledo. Um, she had to, to play intermediary because I was on my social media band. So I didn't get a, a British bake off. Um, spoiler. When you were trying to reach out to me to talk about the earth-shatteringly important topic of candy corn. Ah, uh, yes, the ties that bind. That's right. Um, Did I see that you still have some candy corn loitering around after Halloween? Ah, uh, yes. I think <laughs> I, I put it in a Ziploc container. Whether it's still good or not, I mean, I just leave the stuff. And again, I kind of buy. Sure, candy corn can spoil with as much corn syrup as it. You're right. It will probably outlet. It'll probably be the last thing left on Earth after That's a meteor right. does it will hit. Last, it will. It will outlast the roaches. 
like uh, when whenever we're found this this burning circle of a planet, they'll be like, these people were genius. They created this this delicious food that lasted through the art through the apocalypse, but they couldn't save themselves. And then candy That's corn right. will be this this godlike or goddess like uh, delicacy for whoever takes over after us. It will be the new food empress. Um. Let me uh, let me switch gears here, and uh, mm-hmm. I have not brought up this person before, but something in your fine periodical the other day caught my attention, and I'm wondering if uh, after reading, it was a wonderful article uh, from Kyle Rowland. He okay, he, it was it was quirky and a little like off off center, and I liked it. He wrote about the changing attire in college basketball. Um, very, okay. very good article. How he talked about how Michael Huger at BGSU, he like wants nothing to do with suits anymore. He likes polos and slacks, um, or, or less than dress pants and sneakers. And he never wants to go back to suits. Whereas Todd Kowalczyk at UT, like he, he, uh, Kyle wrote how, uh, coach Kowalczyk, like he wants to be thought of like as a representative of the highest people at the university and if the provost and the president's wearing suits i'm wearing suits too so it was an interesting interest interesting just juxtaposition but yeah. i noticed that uh kyle who and this is what i wanted to ask you he is probably inundated with the most hate mail and angry letters <laughs> that anybody has ever received regardless of political affiliation at your paper, at your media entity, because Kyle, as you might have heard me say, Kyle did not did not back off. He said sneakers in every mention of what he was describing in that story. Now, you and I know that the people here wear tennis shoes. Um, yeah. We call- tennis shoes for every everything. Right. You're playing- Whether it's tennis or not. Yeah, and that's always been my contention. Like, you're wearing tennis shoes to play basketball? Well, then no, I'm wearing basketball (laughs) shoes. They're wrong, and it's unfortunate that they want to live in this dark world where they call things pop and suckers, but that's fine. I know. Send those to the banished words list. Well, we're going to get to that, too. We're going to get to that, too. Did Kyle, and you'll have to ask him now, did he get any angry reader or, 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 yeah, reader email or correspondence because he wrote sneakers and not tennis shoes, which is more appropriate for likely your audience. I will, I will have to ask him. I have no idea. If he's taken any sick days the last couple of days, I would guess that he was <sighs> slammed with hateful emails because again, he, he had no bones. recovering from the trauma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he no bones about it. No tennis shoes, no sneakers. Not even basketball shoes. Sneakers. So I, I applaud him. Yes, as well as he should have. Yes, indeed. Um. All right. Well, you don't have my answer for me, but you can investigate that. I don't, unfortunately. Um. It's amazing how cheap eats always comes at comes comes out the day of or right before or after we usually before we have a podcast to record. I saw, it's every other Wednesday. I, so since we come on Wednesdays, I have I I've heard of it before. Obviously, Mo in the original sub shop is one of my favorite places. I don't, yes, indeed. I, I don't get there enough, but I love I love Mo. Um, tell me about this week's cheap eats and swanky scoops. Oh my god, the ice cream is so amazing, so amazing. Um, 
So we got to try three flavors. So the, the flavors rotate a lot. So there were flavors at, at the holidays. Was there eggnog? There was, I think, pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice. Um, I want to say there was peppermint. Um, and now that it's January, the flavors I got to try were a beautiful lemon meringue pie, which is just so nice and, and bright. Um, like today is so gray and dreary. You know, you need something bright. And this is the season for citrus, so it's a perfect thing. Then I got to try ginger, and I love, love, love ginger. And then there was a thinner spicy chocolate is what it's called. And so it was a swirl of a, of a pepper-infused, so it was ancho and chipotle pepper-infused chocolate swirled with cinnamon. So unbelievably good, just unbelievably good, rich and creamy, and the flavors are so pure, and the lemon meringue pie was not dyed yellow, you know, as people might expect that lemon to be just exceptional. So worth the trip downtown. Get a sandwich from the sub shop, take some ice cream to go. and uh, Or eat it at the shop. Either way, you can do it, but... Uh, this, you can only get swanky scoops at, at most place. So what is the... Uh, yeah. who, what's the woman's name who, who created this brand? Alyssa Vieira, and she works at the sub shop. Oh, okay. So it's really handy then, you know, she can make your sandwich and then also sell you some of her ice cream. Um, like to follow up on, on, on Kyle's, I'll just call it audacity to write what he did. <laughs> I found, I found you quite audacious to write about uh, a frozen treat here as we approach the dead of winter. Very bold of you. It's never too cold for ice cream. I will maintain that till my dying day. Yeah, I I don't disagree at all. You know, because you're not you're not going out to you know one of those little ice cream stands and standing in two degree weather eating your ice cream. It was nice and warm and cozy. You watch the video uh, for cheap eats. You can see you know it it's warm. It's sunny. It it was just so lovely. You can you can stay warm and still eat your ice cream, or take it home where you're warm and cozy and eat your ice cream. But if you think about it, winter is a perfect time to be, I mean, of course, I'll bake all year round. But like in winter, you know, you, you want uh, some cookies or something. You know, the oven is nice and warm. It's something to do. You get little treats to go with your cocoa or your tea. So, you know, you need ice cream to go with, say, the pie. Or if you want to make an ice cream sandwich with those cookies. Or, you know, just, I mean, all you need is a spoon as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You don't even need anything else. You don't even need the bowl. You can get little half pints. It's a one cup, as far as I'm concerned, single serving. Um, I'd like to uh, have an ice cream discussion beyond just swanky scoops, if we could. <laughs> Ohio is an ice cream state. I have been wanting for years to do, like, the ice cream tour. I mean, we have Handles. We have Jenny's. We have we have Tufts. We have Graters. We have swanky scoops. Like, we've got... So many ice creams all around the state and and really high-end premium ice cream. I don't even want to get that advanced with it. I just want to know your favorite flavors. I love peppermint. Okay. I that- love and, and Charlie's out at um Charlie's homemade out on Sylvania right near McCord. They do an amazing peppermint ice cream in December. It's so so good. That's a very unique flavor. I, I've actually never come across it before. You've never had it? Never. We'll have to find a way to remedy that because it's, it's so Christmas that I don't know that it's available right now. So Okay, so it's a seasonal thing. 
Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. We'll back up because um, we've okay. never we've never had this discussion before, and it doesn't even like go out into the ether anymore, like like candy corn or pineapple on pizza debates. It's kind of <laughs> like that uh, that one meme I really like. After you, uh, at, when you're an adult, nobody asks you what your favorite dinosaur is anymore. You can ask me whenever you want. Um, That's true. We don't ever have any testy ice cream flavor debates. So I want to I want to ask you your favorite flavors, but not not like the peppermint kinds, like. The mm-hmm. the bait the basics, and I'm not just talking like chocolate vanilla. You can go beyond right. that. Like I have a couple that I'm thinking of. So I want to know your well, favorite. Tell me what some of yours are. I, I gave you one. Now it's your turn. All right, we'll go back and forth here. But you, okay. your one doesn't count because that's seasonal. It can still count. You just can't get it right now. You have to wait. Anticipation. Okay, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I'm drilling down here. You, the flavors you pick for this little exercise have to be available yeah. around the calendar. I, all right, Thank I will you. give you that. All right, I'll start then. Chocolate chip okay. cookie dough. Okay. What do you like about it? I like the cookie dough in there. Um, like, I don't know a human being. Do you being... eat cookie dough aside from the ice cream? I will. Like, are you one of those cookie dough eaters? I, yes, yes. I, I mean, is there a human being, is there a seven-year-old that won't lick the batter or the, the, the dough of whatever their parent was making? Me, I don't. I see. I don't. I don't Ooh. like raw cookie dough. Okay. All right. It just it tastes raw. It tastes. It tastes like I taste like the flour and the egg, and it just tastes like oh god, how much better would this be if you would just bake this? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair, fair point of contention. I, I, but I'm a big fan of cookie dough. I like the chunks in there. It's like you get toppings without mm-hmm. having toppings. I don't even know what the actual flavor of the ice cream is, but you can like shove cookie dough in there, and I'm I'm good. But chocolate chip cookie dough is my my first. Your turn. Okay. Um, where am I getting my ice cream? You're being very difficult. I can't help it. You know, it's like asking, you know, oh, what's your favorite restaurant in town? Well, it depends, you know, where I am and what mood I'm in and what the occasion. All right. We'll just say generically, I love anything with peanut butter. Perfect. Peanut butter ice cream, peanut butter ripple, peanut butter swirl, peanut butter chunks, little pieces of Buckeye. I don't with, care. Uh, if I can get like a, I'm not a chocolate person, but if mm-hmm. if I have like a really biting chocolate, but it's offset with the peanut butter, count me in. Yeah, but not not when yeah. The peanut butter is better. Not and I love chocolate ice cream, but like chocolate ice cream with peanut butter in it is good. But it's better if it's a vanilla or a peanut butter or something else carrying the peanut butter. Okay, um, you you can go again. Go again. <laughs> I love, love, love tossed Muddy's Sea Salt Slam. What is vanilla it? Vanilla ice cream. It's Muddy's Sea Salt Slam. Okay. So it's, it's for the mud hens. And it's vanilla ice cream. It's got swirls of caramel, little tidbits of peanuts. Oh, my God. It's so, so good. So when my son lived in, you know, in Michigan, just outside of Ann Arbor, and he would come visit, I would send him back with coolers of tossed ice cream, including the sea salt slam, because you can't get it in Ann Arbor. That's how much we love tossed. Um, I'll go, and I actually don't really have a third here. So I'll, uh, but I have I have two, um, and, and, <laughs> and please allow me to rank them here. So mint chocolate chip, it's a classic. It's iconic. However, however. I yes. see the two different colors as completely distinct. 
The green, because yes, I was about to ask you which color yep. of mint chocolate. The, the green, I like them both. The green is far more minty, where I find the white a little bit more decadent, and I'm having a hard time. I wish I had your your vocabulary and adjectives to describe this. It's not as aggressive as the green mint chocolate chip, but it it is it is its own kind of delicious. I would I would agree one hundred percent. I love mint chocolate chip. Um, it, it happens to be my boyfriend Craig's favorite. Um, and and you're right. Like you can can you still hear me? One of the cats just knocked my phone over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's the there's the cord, and the cord is an endlessly entertaining plaything. Um, so yes, I would say that the the green is almost like you used. An extract, they're almost sometimes like a schnapps. Like it's got a little extra oomph and sweetness to it, whereas the white, like the briars makes a white one, is more as though mint leaves, fresh mint leaves have been steeped in the milk, and then that milk has been used to make the ice cream. So you get mint, but as precisely as you say, the green is, is more assertive. Yeah. Yeah, and the white is subdued. It's like a longer yeah. lasting taste. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. It's more like it's more like mint chocolate chip for grown ups versus the other, <laughs> which is mint chocolate chip for kids of any age. How's um, that? Yeah, good perfect. What's your what's your third and final flavor? Oh man. Um don't, don't people here? Oh, oh, uh, uh, they don't have it back east, but everybody here like they love moose tracks. I like moose tracks. Okay, I don't know that it would it would be in a top three. Um, um, oh, this is hard. Um, there's a a cherry with chocolate chips. It's more like a. Not the sweet dark cherries, but more like a maraschino cherry okay. with little flecks of chocolate. And that's kind of nice. I like that. Okay. I'm not sure that it's quite top three, but it's all that's coming to mind. So I'm going to go with that. And it's pink and I love pink. So we'll, we'll just call it a day there. Um, in the same way that like you, you did swanky scoops, that's it. it people... People equate ice cream to spring and summertime. You were bold and did swanky scoops in, in the dead of winter. And while I am out of my, uh, I've put my weapons down to fight candy corn battles right now. If I did find mm-hmm. out that there was a candy corn ice cream, I would immediately go to wherever it was to buy some to try it. We need to talk to Alyssa so she can start practicing and get ready for, for Halloween. Do you think, do you, and Mo is very strong willed, and maybe those are the kinds of employees that she has. I just hope she knows that if she puts out a candy corn ice cream, like somebody could break Mo's windows. I would hope not because everybody loves her. They do, but you just don't have to buy the candy corn ice cream. You know that you know as buy well as a, I buy do. a goat cheese sandwich instead. You know as well as Leave I the do. Candy corn on the windows alone, <laughs> as they should. <laughs> but candy corn just brings out the worst. It's like COVID; it brings out the worst in people. Yeah, very true. Very um, true. Do you have anything on your list you'd like to bring up? Um, I noticed that you got a new mask. <laughs> Boy, you have <laughs> you have. But that's a boring topic. Okay. Um, 
you had posted about the February 24th fundraiser for Good Grief. It's an auction, it was my understanding, and Good Grief is such an amazing organization. I'm going to let you talk about that. Uh, It's an evening event. It's moved from a breakfast, uh, which it was, and now it's an evening event because, here's a little tip. If you get people Mm -hmm. a little sauced up, one, they're more likely to attend, two, they're more likely to give than if you give them bagels and cream cheese. So we're gonna, True. We're and gonna, breakfast is hard for people to attend because they have to go to work. Oftentimes, Whereas yeah. you can go to an evening event after work. But you know what? Dorothy's event, I went to one breakfast or two. Um, I think it. I think you're out of there by 8.30. Like, they run as okay. efficient a program as I've ever been a part of. Like, they, they should teach other people how to get a program on, keep it efficient, and uh, be thoughtful of people's time but um yeah it's just an evening event this year with some drinking some uh some light food and a lot of really neat auction items and that's on the 24th we don't we don't have to talk about that because i do that in my own time so um now are you emceeing that or no. are you just promoting it uh i haven't i don't know what i'm not emceeing it or anything but i'll, I'll be there to do whatever dorothy needs me to do um and mm-hmm. to promote the heck out of it so um, I'm looking forward to it because I, I just, I, not that there's drinking involved or anything or not that it's early, an early morning or anything like that. Just I'm curious to see um, if people are more interested in this than the breakfast event because the breakfast breakfast event had people built into it coming every year. Yes, that was a, that was a very well attended event. And I have a friend, Patty Nichols, who makes cookies for it. In fact, she started her cookie business by thinking, oh, I should make some that they could sell at this breakfast. And the next thing you know, she's getting, you know, countless orders. Excellent. Um, yeah, so I'm curious. So, yeah, they definitely had a good and very loyal audience. Yeah, I want to see how the transition breakfast. is. And uh, same same venue at the Pinnacle. Um, but the last time we did a breakfast, uh, there was a COVID. So, obviously, that could depress attendance. Although, it's six, six weeks away. And I saw some positive Omicron information today who knows mm-hmm. if it will follow suit like in some of the other places where it went up real fast and came down um but but i've got my fingers crossed and that by the time that event comes around we've put another variant in our rear view and maybe we've got a little herd immunity we can hope we can hope <laughs> that's you know we've been through so many surges and we've learned so many letters of the greek alphabet as we have new variants and we have people who are still refusing to get vaccinated and not having their boosters and, and quibbling over masks and, and wanting to, to go back to work or not work um, in the office, uh, go to school, not go to school. Uh, just, there's just, I don't know if you remember the, the Sneetches, Dr. Seuss's The Sneetches. I do not. So there were the Sneetches who had stars on their bellies and then there were the Sneetches who didn't. And the ones who had stars upon Mars, as Dr. Seuss said, um, felt very superior. So this this dude comes along with a machine that will put stars on the other's bellies. And so they pay him and they go through. And so then all of a sudden the stars aren't status symbols anymore. So the ones who originally had stars go through and they get them light off. And well, you know, they go through and through and round and round. And you can't tell how anybody is anymore. And I kind of feel like like all of this, you know, with the CDC changing its minds every day, and hospitals even saying, oh, sure, you're positive, but, you know, you're you're not asymptomatic. You've got a few symptoms, but you can still, you know, come in and work and take care of patients. Like, it, it's just chaos now. It's just absolute chaos. And yep. 
So I'm hopeful, but nothing really surprises me anymore with this. I know. I know. I, I have, I've done a, a 180 in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I'm not completely against, I mean, the CDC is, is, as they say, the CDC is drunk at this point and they should just stop talking. Um, yeah. I actually wasn't like a hundred percent against like hospitals, um, getting people who were asymptomatic in there, uh, or, or employees to come back to, to work. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a very nuanced issue because I, I have some strong thoughts about people who, have chosen not to protect themselves and now need help. But, and it hasn't been talked about enough because we just don't have enough data. Um, Like, we don't even know how uh, transmissible Omicron is if you are completely vaccinated, whereas with the Delta and the Alpha, if you were completely vaccinated, which was just like one or maybe two shots at the time, you were far less likely to transmit it rather than someone who was unvaccinated. Like we don't have that about Omicron now, but, and maybe this is just a pie in the sky kind of candy corn dream. But if there was ever going to be a variant that gave us some herd immunity, which we have sought almost since the outset of this, um, Mm -hmm. I hope, and maybe it's going to be this one. This is the one. Yeah. Just because like, because people I know who are vaccinated and boosted are still getting it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's everywhere. Like, this has been different for me in the sense that um, a lot of, like, my circle of people or my network, very few of them got it. Now, Mm -hmm. they all have it. And I haven't haven't gotten it to my knowledge. And and maybe I'm wrong. I'm obviously no virologist, epidemiologist. But if there was going to be a variant that gave us the long desired herd immunity maybe it will be this because and maybe we'll again maybe we'll we'll have good fortunes not that humanity certainly deserves it with its behavior during all of this but maybe this little sure. contagious variant is so weak at least when it comes to its virulence it will give us the antibodies that we need to maybe j- jump out of this and get over the hump because from what i know pandemics usually last about five years and we're heading into the third year. So maybe this is the, the lucky variant that gives us some, some really honestly good news. It would, it would be nice if there could be a positive from it. Yeah. Um, all right. No more COVID stuff. Um, okay. What else, what else did, I, did you have on your list? Uh, so it was, it probably took over the newsroom last week. Not that you're there, but I mean, right. people were absolutely, in complete euphoria uh, over raisin canes, I would like your take on that. Um, I I know very little about it. Um, I had frankly never heard of it until I found out that they were coming here. Um, but you know, I support I support any business that that wants to invest in Toledo and believes in Toledo. Granted, it's it's Perrysburg, but you know I'll 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 branch my my Toledo term to to cover the area. You know, it's like when we lost uh, William Sonoma from Franklin Park Mall a few years ago. That was that was a really big blow. That was a popular store, and and it sort of said we 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 don't have faith that you can support this store, um, and it left a, it left a big gaping hole, um, both physically and, and, you know, and emotionally. And so when we have new businesses like Cooper's Hawk is coming in and, and the Raising Canes, 
And, and like when Whole Foods opened a few years ago, you know, that says we've looked at Toledo and, and we believe in you and, and they're investing time and money. They're bringing jobs, they're bringing revenue. And so um, for all of those reasons, I applaud it. Yeah, me too. It's kind of like when we got, but didn't need the Starbucks downtown. Um, it was like a stamp of approval and there are lots of people who don't live here, um, but maybe do business or visit or they have businesses connected to businesses here and, and people don't know like Maddie and Bella and Black Kite, but they see a, a Starbucks logo <laughs> and they go, oh, okay, I can do what I need to do here. And there's a little bit of that with um, Raising Cane's as well. And like, it's not... No, it's not local, but people from Iowa will not be working there. So there is that little aspect of it as well. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I always encourage people, like if it were me and I saw, you know, a national coffee brand on the corner and I saw a not national coffee brand on the other corner, you already know which direction I'm headed in. But I know that there are people who like that, that familiarity. Um, and they're not competing with a local. They're not competing with a local chicken place on in, in no. that area as well. So it fits in with the DNA of uh, Fremont Pike. Although Oddfather has uh, has amazing uh, chicken chicken chunks and nuggets and things like that. Absolutely amazing. And oh my god, they have such a good. You can get mac and cheese, really rich, creamy mac and cheese uh, with chicken chunks too. So good. Yep. So good. Um. And not to dispute that at all. And Odd Fodder is one of the places where I smack myself for not having gotten to yet. It's just not. We had this talk before know, and you were going to make a special point of getting there because I told you it was so good. Well, pizza places came up. <laughs> but um, like to defend some, like people, are, if you're shopping at Kohl's and you're shopping at Walmart, maybe you've got the kids and, you know, they want whatever. You don't want to go to the mm-hmm. other side. You've already had Chick-fil-A enough for the week. Um, you don't have time to run up to Odd Fighter. You know you can buzz through Raisin Cane's real fast. So Right, right. Oh, no, you know, I, I absolutely understand, you know, and in particular if you've got kids and maybe they're picky and you know they like this. You got to go with what's familiar and what you know will work. Yep. Um, last thing that I think I have on my list, unless I, I wrote something down here I can't understand. I have, uh, you You truly, I mean, you have left a mark on me in lots of ways. But maybe the biggest mark is introducing me to the Lake Superior State banned words list. Is that the best thing ever? <laughs> Except it was such a boring list this year. Yes, it was. And... Maybe I can piggyback off of them and and have a bigger list, although I'll probably get a lot of hate for it. So I have created a a note in my notes app and I have begun to mark Uh down words and I will release a competing or like an adjunct list at the end of the week, at at the end of the year. Can I give you some of the things I've already noted down? Yes. Let me, let me get this down. (laughs) So have you submitted these? To like Superior State on their site, or are you just keeping your own list? I'm, keep, and- I'm keeping my own list. Okay. And some of these we might have already talked about for for, and, and I don't want to go back to that. But he, I have I have four words so far, and again, I, I think we talked about these. Tri- I seen has to be the first one. What's that? I think uh, you had mentioned I seen. That's a phrase. Uh, but okay. You know, okay, maybe y'all you can, include- you can ban a phrase. Okay. Um, trajectory. Hmm. Too common, like it, it's a it's a buzzword. Yeah, overused. Yeah. Uh, next up, we already we've talked about scale. I think as well. Right. Um, another one in that vein, triggered. 
I don't want to hear and, and no no variation, yeah. no, no trigger, no triggering. Um, and then the last one on that half of the list is normalized. But or like let's normalize this. Um, exactly. Also, also overused. And I also I, I'm making a separate list. So maybe this will be really what helps me take off. Um, okay. This is mostly used as sports references. Mm-hmm. So I have three on that list. Um, one is hunt. Like he was hunting for his jump shot all night. Oh, okay. Yeah. S- sports cliche. Maybe maybe you should talk to Kyle or or Briggs about this. There you go. Um, the other two on that Did list. You get- you should have them both on the on the on the podcast together. If Briggs will email me back. I feel like I'm trying to swipe right on him on Tinder, and he only keeps ignoring me. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll have to nudge them again. The other two on that list are um, cooking. Like, wow, he is cooking tonight. He is, in another way of saying like he's hot, he's on fire. And then the last yeah. one, I loathe this one. Um, run it back. <laughs> run it back, which means. Um, like the Browns are going to run it back with Baker Mayfield next year as their quarterback. Yeah. Done with them. So, um, if you do want to, uh, get a little sloppy for me with David Briggs, please, I, I thought he wrote, uh, first of all, he has incredibly talented and gifted pros. And I was glad he went and spoke to the Port Clinton former head football coach to find out why he was stepping down. And he wrote a really good mm-hmm. story about how the guy's blood pressure was completely out of control. And um, David yeah. always writes a really good story. But I had that was one of those things where I saw, I questioned, and uh, a talented sports writer got me an answer. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. The the Blade doing uh, doing work for the people. We try. Um, well, you're succeeding. What else do you have? Can you give us any uh, cheap eats previews or anything else you're working on? Um, don't have any cheap eats previews. Um, the last one that we've taped ran today, so I got a, I got, I've got a very long list of options. So I got to see where we're going to go. Okay. Um, let's see. We've got we've got a German coffee and cake, otherwise known as coffee und Kuchen. Coming up on Sunday, I've got National Pie Day, which is different from the Pie Day in March to mm. celebrate 3.14. It's two different occasions. Both celebrate pie. Okay. More pie for everybody. So so there's 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 lots of sweet treats coming up the next couple of weeks. Excellent. Uh, and lots of good stories to go with them. Let me... I met some really, really wonderful people covering both those stories. Awesome. I'm looking forward to checking them out. Um, I can give you something about our uh, our friend at Big Slice, if you want. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Th- this, this came from a good source, but I don't know if it's completely confirmed. Um, okay. This, the store on Bancroft is doing crazy, if for no other reason that they serve me a lot. Um, but that store is doing really, really well. And I've been told sure. that the, the, the location we went to a year ago on Alexis right. is going I can't to- believe it's been a year. COVID makes time do some things, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's like going through some wormhole or something. Yeah. Um, that that location is going to transform a little bit. Not so much oh. pizza. They're going to offer some, I think, some some hot dogs, some nachos, and, and, and some bar-type food, but not from a bar. Apparently, that's more of a successful direction in that area of town. Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to order from the Big Slice on Bancroft um, 
last week or the week before, and when we looked up the number, uh, it said that they were closed on Mondays, so we didn't end up ordering, but then I checked again because I'll be in that area next week, and then I thought it did say it was open on Monday, so I'm I'm hoping because it's been a little while since I've gotten my, my fix over there, and they do such a great job. Uh, hours and places these days are the wild, wild west. Very true. So Very true. Um, well, as always, I appreciated our discourse, and you've got a little homework. You've got to uh, well, I do. see if Kyle Rowland is okay. you got to tell David his biggest fan is uh, trying to get him <laughs> on the podcast. And uh, I guess that's it. And say hi to all the new people for me. Vincent Lucarelli, like, I love that dude's profile picture in, the, uh, in, all, of his, in all of his pieces. He's got some awesome hair. Yes, yes. I mean, I've, I've met him very briefly. He's, he's very nice. He's very sweet. You know, they're all young enough to be like my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because, because, you know, our scheduling is still a little in and out and here and there and whatnot. Um, and we've got a lot of new faces. I've not actually had a chance to, to meet them all, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that, that we're getting new people to tell new stories and bring their, their new and unique perspectives. So yep. it's kind of fun. You hear that, Elms? Your yesterday's news, literally. <laughs> um, it was good to chat. Tell tell Craig I said. Oh, last thing, in case there are some oh. people who just come to this podcast episode for one damn thing, how is your hand? Um, my hand is is pretty settled in. The inflammation is gone. Um, I still can't fully straighten my finger but i can mostly clench a fist so i can hold a knife to chop i can hold a spoon to stir and it's just kind of settled into to what it is it's not a hundred percent but it's it's much better than it was and if i hadn't done the surgery to to fix what what it was which was you know starting to pull towards my hand towards my palm um I, I would not have been able to use my hand anymore if I hadn't done something. So Excellent. I would say maybe 85 to 90%. Okay. I mean, that's all of us these days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can still cook. I can still bake. I can still type. I can still drive. So you know what? I I, I got a lot of things back that I was starting to lose. So good. I'm going to take that as a win. Good. Um, as always, good to talk, and uh, you as well. I'll probably so talk. Candy corn, I, candy corn, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'll, well, after I after I do my homework, trying to to get get Briggs and Kyle, I'm going to write to Alyssa and tell her candy corn ice cream. Awesome. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk. It'd before be lovely th- to talk to you on the podcast too, if you're if you're looking for somebody to chat with. She's just lovely, absolutely lovely, and she can talk about more things than ice cream. I could have her and Mo on, and uh, we, yes. we were really on a roll having guests in the studio, and then you know Omicron showed up, and everybody got kicked out. Like I had, yeah. Um, everybody else, if you want to leave now, that's fine. It's just Mary and I talking. Um, <laughs> I had Trevor Dieter on the podcast yesterday because uh, oh, he's great. He started a brick bar, but he's, he he made a yeah. a jazz focused night. It, it's tonight, and I I love that. Um, I got here too late before all the jazz went away, so I'm glad it's coming back downtown. And um, it was going to be two people, and then it wound up being three, and I couldn't have people in here, so it was. Uh, it was something Gordon Ramsay would yell at, trying to coordinate everybody and get everybody on the air and have to dial. It was a mess. I'll bet. Because you and I had enough trouble 
three three strikes we were almost out today so yeah and yesterday it was like several strikes which which each of them it was it was an ugly yeah. inning of baseball Ugh. so but you got it to work I got it to work. I got it to work. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, I will uh, communicate with you before the end of the week. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.